I'm amazed about what I was missing. And now I am so much more grateful for the things that are just right in my front yard. Like we don't realize how many of them we're missing, but we're missing so many of those little miracles every single day. This is the Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise Guys Show with Matt and Dr. Iggy, helping you achieve peak health and financial freedom so that you can live a long, vibrant life on your own terms. And now, here are your hosts, Matt and Dr. Iggy. Welcome, welcome, everybody, to the Healthy, Wealthy, Wise Guys Show. My name is Matt, and here with I am here with my co-host, Dr. Iggy. Oh, what's up? <laughs> Dr. Iggy looking good with his Pee Wee Herman haircut today. I love it. He's got the single spike for those of you guys watching the video. Pee Wee Herman dance. It's good. It's good. Dr. Iggy, scale of one to 10, how are you today? Oh, I'm a 10. I'm a 10. You You are a 10. I'm a 10. 10. I'll tell you You what. My back is now like almost 100% better. So I was able to go biking today. Oh. And it was super cool. It's like great to be outside and feeling free on the bike. Kind of like a motorcycle that I don't have, but it's 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 like freedom. You go really fast on it, pretend you're on a motorcycle, right? Yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> as fast as I can. Right, right, right. That's awesome. So how about you? How are you doing? I uh, how you doing? I'm good. I had a building inspection today. I got a run in this morning. Um, not as long as I wanted to because I had to cut it short because I had a big business day. So I had a building inspection at one of my properties. And so I had to shuck and jive with a building inspector and uh, had a little bit of fun there. And and uh, I think we've got it all worked out or at least got a plan uh, to work out because building inspectors, when they come out to properties, Iggy, I've never ever in my 15 years of real estate ownership had a building inspection that the inspector found nothing. You know, it's like, it's it's something it, it, they get the more the cleaner the property is and the better things are the more nitpicky they get. It's like I oh, you're um, uh, I'm not sure if I like the color of this paint. Yeah, this is uh, you've got some stains. <laughs> I no, uh, I've I've heard your paint is discolored and the, and the paint is stained and you need to repaint because you have stains on the walls, right? Not your paint's peeling. I get that, especially in something built more than night before 1976. I get why your paint can't be peeling. All right, that makes sense. But um, but this one uh, was good. This one this was not a hundred percent pristine. Everything it was fairly easy. We walked two units and it came clear that one unit didn't have a CO monitor. And we're like, ooh, that's not good. Um, it was an, a vacant unit, but we're like, oh, we got to get a CO monitor in here. So before you know it, the, the, my maintenance guy scrambling to Home Depot and all that. So, um, but it was good. It was still good to, to complete and be out. It's, I actually enjoy, you know, Tony Robbins talks about that there's, there, there's two, a lot of different human needs, right? One of which is certainty. I need to know that things are going to work out at some point the way that I want them to, and that there's going to be a certain level of stability and that I know the sun's going to come up tomorrow and that my wife's still going to be laying next to me in bed and things are going to be good in certain ways from a certainty standpoint. The other thing that Tony Robbins says you need in life, Dr. Iggy, is uncertainty, right? And I find that a lot of the hands-on real estate ownership stuff, dealing with tenants, dealing with building inspectors, those kinds of things, give me that level of uncertainty because you just never know the cards this business is going to deal you sometimes. So I really enjoy 
the hands on a lot of my business is not hands-on ownership. It's through filtration and all that. So I find that as I move more towards non-hands-on ownership, I'm going to have to create uncertainty in my life. I told my wife this. Naturally going to happen. What's that? It's naturally going to happen. Yeah, I know. But that's, I'm, I am one that will go make a mess so that I can have uncertainty. (laughs) Um, It's like, let's go, uh, let's go buy a, get, get into the medical marijuana business or something like that. Well, that's uncertainty, you know? So I need to create more structured uncertainty for myself so that I can scratch that uncertainty itch. I'm looking to get into camping with my son. Um, And so I found a lot of uncertainty this morning and I really enjoyed it to a degree. At some point, there's only but so much uncertainty a human can take. But I enjoyed the uncertainty that I had this morning, which was, oh, that's a problem. It's just solving a problem. That's the uncertainty. It's the, uh, that could be all the uncertainty you need. It's just solving an issue that you may have um, in that. So I had my uncertainty itch scratched today. So I like that. Yeah. I guess every day, I never thought about it that way. And that, that was a good point, having the certainty and uncertainty. Yeah, I, I, I didn't make it up. That's Tony, that's Tony Robbins, that. brother. You know, yeah, what's that? Every occupation does have that. I yes. mean, we have it in the dental field. Well, you know people that don't have uncertainty in their life. You could tell when people have too much uncertainty because they're a little jumpy, a little skittish, or a little not trusting of the world and ready to just jump off of it. You know, more of these people that just are a little more too structured or whatever to combat the uncertainty they have. And you can also tell people that are more desk jockeys that just don't get outside of their little four cubes and that don't have enough uncertainty. And these are people that you would look at and maybe say, aren't really living, you know, um, aren't really getting out there. And these are people that maybe one day just have the midlife crisis. Like, okay, I'm going to wear a toupee and get a, get a convertible. And I'm going to move to Topeka, Kansas, or I move to Honolulu or whatever to have some adventure. And the problem, that problem is that really they just haven't had the the mild uncertainty they need in their life up until that point to where they just explode. And it's like, Oh, I'm going to get some real uncertainty now, you know, (laughs) (laughs) what's the mess I make, you know? Um, so I think that that's the human need that we have. And it could be, I'll give you an uncertainty example that I gave, that I did. I was uh, talking to a goals partner that I had, and I have a need for adventure in my life. And so I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to intentionally get lost. Ooh. Right? I'm going to turn my walking, cell phone off. Car. No, well, in my car, I'd, I could do it in walking too. But at, that, at this point, walking would be even way more uncertain. But I turned, I was in my car. I just turned my cell phone off and I didn't, Put I knew where I was. You have to have the blindfold on. While right, driving my car, right, with the blindfold on, right? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, did not do that. Um, but I got lost for a good half an hour. Um, just exploring neighborhoods around around where I live, right? And I live kind of in the countryside. So I got on these windy country roads and I got to a point where I was like, okay, I know what happens if I go right. I know this neighborhood well enough that if I go right, so I'm going to go left, right? And see what happens when I go left. But, but you know, darn it, if I went left, I went down a dirt road, you know, country road, whatever. And before you know it, I got spit out on another area. I was like, oh, I know where this is. So I started to connect the dots, but it created that level of uncertainty. So we can all go create uncertain moments in our lives. And it's it's it, it kind of makes your brain function. It feels like at a higher level, there's that little bit of like adrenaline that kicks in and you're not sure if the mastodon's going to come bursting out of the woods or something like you that. Never know. You know? Yeah, you never know. Right. I like that. Yeah. I mean, that's why I go biking. I, I go yeah. biking and I sometimes just, sometimes I take the same route. And other times I just turn left, turn right, and just keep going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. And you don't know what's going to in front of you. You don't I mean, know. That's, 
Right. And you don't want to live life that way forever to have everything like I'm just not sure what's going to happen. Some people are kind of, you know, uncertainty junkies, but you don't want to be that level of irresponsibility. But it's good to not always know what's around the corner so that you can have that level of adventure, even if it's on a mild level. Right. So. cool. So there you go. That that was good stuff. I like it. I just, it just kind of, just talking about my, my day, right? Uh, why don't we get healthy and wealthy, brother? Why don't you, uh, you, just why did. Don't... you just did a health and wealth tip. I know. I didn't even mean to. That was just chatting with you. And you know? that, that right. is awesome. But we're going to do, we'll do a double decker, right? Uh, take us through our health tip, Dr. Iggy. What do you got for us today? So, I, I mean, the total change of what Matt was just talking about, but this is, I could make is... what you're going to talk about uncertain if you want to, but go ahead. well, it is kind of <laughs> uncertain, but, um, one of the things that I do, especially like after I'm in the OR or um, after I have a lack of sleep is I sit and, and I'm fortunate enough to have one, but I have a sauna. I have an infrared sauna. And what I'll do is I'll sit in there. And whether you believe in this a lot, I know we have a lot of medical professionals that listen and it's a detoxification and it's, you're sweating, you're, you're releasing stuff from your pores. So when I'm sitting there and I'm in front of all these gases and everything else that's in front of me while I'm working, um, they come in just like if you would spray on transdermal magnesium, they go through your skin and it sits there. So you, one way to release it, you can take a shower, you can scrub yourself. Another way is I sit in the sauna and I sweat and I sweat. And I stay in there until I can't stay in there anymore. And in infrared sauna, I I was able to increase the temperature by adding more heating elements. You really don't need that. An infrared sauna works by heating you internally. So it, it heats you in, as opposed to sitting in just a regular hot or finished sauna that heats you externally because it's so hot. You walk in, you're like, oh my God, I can't take this anymore. Right when you walk in. This one, you sit in there, you're like, oh, this is, it's only 120 degrees. This isn't too bad. I can sit in here for half an hour. Well, half an hour later, you're dripping and you're soaked. And so let me just go over why I do it. And, and so this is, uh, one thing is it, it truly does increase your immunity. And it, it increases your white blood cell count. So by going into the sauna, it's going to, especially in infrared, it's going to trigger an uh, increase in white blood cells, which can be a good thing, can be a bad thing, depends on how you look at it. But it's increasing your immune response to things. So during this whole COVID thing, it was probably a good idea to use it. Mm-hmm. Well, that's number one. Um, it also helps with something we talked about before, collagen growth. So- <laughs> It, it helps with the, you know, your skin elasticity and, and helping with build co- collagen. So that infrared really helps with that. Now, one of the things it also does is increases your circulation by increasing your heart rate or your, how fast your heart's beating. And it also, I'm really losing my voice today. It also dilates <laughs> your blood vessels. And by doing that, guess what? That's that's endurance exercise. So you're mm. sitting there. Everyone talks about, I wish I could have exercise in a pill. You can. You just sit there. You can freaking sit there and just sweat. Do something else. Read a book. Listen to a podcast. A yeah. Right. I mean, you could, and you could just sit. I mean, I meditate, but you could do any of those things. And it, so it's doing that. And so um, what was the other thing? And the other thing is it, it just relaxes you. It's a place where you can sit and you can just get totally relaxed. Now, if you wear some of you health nuts out there like uh, me might wear a continuous blood glucose monitor. If you wear that and you go into the sauna, one, you could damage it. Two is 
it, what it does is it's measuring your blood glucose levels and it'll spike. You'll see it mm. go like 120, 130, 140. And you'll be like, oh, this sauna is not good for me. Well, actually, it's really good for you because it's training your body to to uh, tolerate those higher uh, blood sugar levels. And in turn, what ends up happening is overall your net effect is long-term, your sugar levels, if you measure your A1C, will actually decrease. Lowers A1C, your baseline. Right. Yeah, and it really lowers it because you're inducing a stress response. So anytime your body's stressed, it's going to increase your sugar levels because your cortisol level is going to jump. But that jump, if you then take a cold shower, gets shot right down. And then if you eat uh, like a, a high glucose meal or like a lot of carbohydrates, you won't spike as much because of that combination effect. So that's me being, I have type two diabetes uh, tendencies and uh, my mom does. And these are things that I use to offset that too. And so it's, it's probably one of the healthiest things that you can do. There's more. Let's say you have acne or you know anything like that. This sauna use or infrared sauna use is a powerful way to treat that or help with it. So that's another thing you can do because you're inducing, you're getting in and you're sweating out those things that can induce the acne. Cardio health, we already talked about that. It reduces blood pressure, reduces blood sugar. And then ideally you want to be able to do it for 30 minutes. Good luck with that. I would start with like two minutes, five minutes, because wow. it's intense. It, it can be intense, especially sitting in there. Like before this, I sat in after my bike ride and I was already hot after my bike ride. It's hot outside. Uh, and I got 20 minutes in and I'm like, I had enough. I mean, you're, you're, you're soaked and infrared sauna is totally different. Mm. So that would be my superstar health thing like before you'd buy a Nautilus machine or whatever they call it now, the fitness machines, a bicycle or anything else, I I would say that a sauna, infrared sauna would be on the top of the list for buying exercise stuff, especially if you're Love it. longevity. Yeah, I'm talking a lot, right? No, 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 no. So you're into it. I get it's so because it's because you're I mean, all like my skin afterwards. I mean, well, here it's a little red, but, but I, what I really want to point out because I I, yeah. I I know you're wrapping up, but I wanted to point out one more thing which you you've alluded to, but you didn't say it say directly, and that you've told me this too is that sauna use can um, contribute to uh, age defying health, right? It can yes. contribute to um, returning back the aging clock, and and you know maybe not look make guys like you and me in our 40s make us look like we're in our teens again but it can it can slow down the aging process through everything that you've listed out right um which i that's why i'm big i i have a i want a sauna i don't own one yet but i'd like to have one in my home um and that we'll because of the longevity what's that yeah we'll, we'll make, make it, it you'll push me enough to make it happen you already got me on all kinds of great health stuff uh but but you, i know you would agree with that but you've you've told me that too and that's one thing i want to make sure you mentioned Yes, thank you for sharing that. Yeah, because yeah, it, 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 the sauna is a wonderful thing, and it it truly is all of that. But especially you healthcare providers, like this would be the highest on the totem pole. Especially a lack of sleep. So one of the most powerful things you can do is actually getting in the sauna. So when I come home from the OR, even if I'm about to work out, I'll sit in the sauna. I know it sounds counterintuitive, but I'll sit in the sauna for even ten minutes, fifteen minutes, because it 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 feels like it's recharging your mitochondria. It's it's recharging your energy. You feel alive. And then you take a cold shower and then you're ready to go. 
That's awesome. awesome. Health tip. That's awesome. And, and we've talked over. about cold showers before. We'll have to highlight. We'll do more uh, cold shower discussions on the show as well. Uh, Dr. Reggie, thank you for that health tip. That's awesome. And we should talk more sauna stuff on the show too. Maybe even um, provide a link to some of Dr. Reggie's favorite saunas that we can uh, they do that at uh, mattandiggy.com. Make sure you guys check that out. Um, Wealth is the way. Make us wealthy. I will bet you have made us healthy and living hundreds of years. I will now make us wealthy. On the last show, I talked about the three different benefits of it, of any type of investment that you want to look out, look over. And last, last week's uh, benefit from investing in any, in anything is cash flow. Cash flow is definitely a benefit from an investment, and it's something you guys should look for um, in in an investment that you guys do. The second thing that people should look for in an investment, um, or something that people should should like things that people invest for when they do invest, is appreciation, right? And the appreciation is that the the price of the thing you're investing in going up in value over time. Now that sounds very simple. That means that well, okay, I buy my home for a hundred k. It's worth 150k years later because of inflation because of it going up in value or whatever. Now, that is one way that an asset can appreciate, which is simply just riding the inflation curve. Now, if you're buying real estate, which is what's great about real estate is it goes up in value because of inflation and because open free markets drive it up uh, or can drive it up and I don't have to lay all the money down. So if I buy a $100,000 house, I can leverage it with a 80% mortgage and, and lay 20% down, but still control and enjoy all the appreciation that that $100,000 asset will have. Now, riding the appreciation wave is not the only way that an asset goes up in value, Dr. Iggy. The other way that assets can go up in value is by them becoming worth more. So I can, and not, not because of appreciation, just because they become of more worth to the market. Um, if I buy Microsoft shares at today's prices, Microsoft maybe becomes more of a thriving company, becomes more profitable, or has a few good headlines in the marketplace or whatever it is. And the market deems Microsoft to be more favorable. So if I buy it at $80 a share and it becomes worth $95 a share and trades at that level, that is appreciation that I get because it is a more perhaps more profitable or better perceived company in the market. Multifamily apartment buildings doctor, like that, like the ones that Dr. Iggy and I invest in become worth more because of the work that we do to the property by making them, by increasing rents up to the market rents or by decreasing expenses through water conservation programs or through more efficient management strategies or whatever it is you do. You make something more profitable or more perceived better and it will be worth more. Those are how that's how appreciation happens and investors invest in things like this, you know, number one for cash flow but also invest in things that will become worth more over time because of inflation or because of just the thing become you know the thing just becoming more of a thriving asset. I can invest in an IPO for the next hot thing at $10 a share and it could take off and become the next big Google or the next whatever. And it's maybe worth a thousand a share. That's appreciation. And investors invest in these things. Just make sure that when you're investing uh, at the, in the $10 a share IPO, that you're not doing something different, which is speculation, right? Speculation is what I believe some people that invest in Bitcoin are doing or what uh, what folks that invest in uh, new startups or, or penny stocks or whatever it is may, that, that they may be investing in crossing their fingers and hoping. And in some ways, Iggy, when you put your money on something and you cross your fingers and hope, that's also called gambling. 
Um, you might as well just go buy yourself a lottery ticket if you want to cross your fingers and hope that something's going to happen for yourself. Um, that is speculation and well-seasoned uh, appreciation investing are two very different things. So I caution our listeners that when you're going to invest in something, make sure that you're investing in something that has the fundamentals for us to go up in value and maintain that value. The speculation Maybe you can get caught in the hype on something going up 10 times what you paid for it. Uh, but if it, if it goes up that quickly, it'll likely come back down that quickly too. Dr. Eggie, what do you think for our, our uh, wealth I think tip? That, that's great. I, I, I love it. Yeah, I, I love, love it too. It. You've appreciated our bodies by putting us in saunas. And I have appreciated our wallets by investing for appreciation. Now, what do you think? We should Let's talk a bit about our guests uh, this, uh, these guests were, this is a phenomenal interview. This is really about, uh, I, I got a, a lot on mindset, uh, at a today's show. Um, and I got a lot on just, just really how the world has changed and made real estate investing or being an active real estate investor possible from remote distances. Uh, cause today's investors bought a large real estate transaction from the UK and they bought it, oh, yeah. they bought a property in the U S from the UK. Uh, while living in the UK, and they made it happen during COVID, right? You know, put a lot of strikes against them, and they still made it happen. What'd you get out of today's interview? Well, I already knew them, so right. and that's pretty obvious. And I, I mean, you just see how connected they are. They're how connected they are to the planet, to the universe, to other people. They really, 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 really want to do good. They want to do good to their investors. They want to do good to. Their, their residents. They want to do good to the world. They want to give back. And that's what makes a difference. That's why they were able to raise the money. It's not really raising. They're, they're bringing on investors. investors Inspire, it's awesome. like they inspired the money. Yeah. Right? They inspired the money to join them through the story that they told and through the tenacity that they had. So um, let's go ahead and bring in Michael and Susie onto the show. Woo-hoo! Michael and Susie, welcome to the Healthy Wealthy Wise Guys show. Great to meet you guys. Thank you so much, Matt and Iggy. We're really excited to be here. Woohoo! Susie can Woo-hoo! talk too, though. I want to hear from Susie also. <laughs> Sorry, no. It's a pleasure. You know, it's actually when Michael told me, I was super excited. So it's really exciting to be here. That's that. And we are excited too. So, um, Iggy knows you guys very well. Uh, he told me, he told me you guys go way back. And so here's what I got way, way back. Uh, Way, way, way back, right? Uh, back of the bus back, right? That's what the cool kids said. So, um, and my wife, I must say, from the Real Estate Invest Her Show, her and her partner, Andressa, uh, Susie had the pleasure of interviewing you and I was having dinner with her a couple of days ago and she came downstairs raving about this guest that she had. Honestly, raving with a capital R saying like, this guest was amazing. You know, great story. I'm not going to reveal the story. I'm going to make you guys tell the story. Uh, but she, and I said, you know, that story sounds familiar. You know, I think I might be interviewing. And she's like, no, you're not interviewing the same people I'm interviewing because my podcast is that, 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 that. And I'm like, I'm, it's, I think it's possible, honey. And so lo and behold, here we are. And I'm interviewing one of my wife's podcast guests, uh, kind of following in her footsteps here. So, uh, and, and also dancing. Iggy came in. watching uh, live. She's dancing right now. And I love it. <laughs> Should right. we all dance? Can we put on our intro music and dance it on right. up? We have a good intro we music. We need music. We need background music. I am a huge fan. Sometimes I just listen to my in- our intro music. I really don't, but it's very good. Right. So you guys came highly recommended, um, but intentionally, let's just say it's intentional. I know very little about you guys, aside from what my wife said, and aside from Iggy literally singing your praises. If you haven't heard Iggy sing, you should listen to Iggy sing. 
Um, but he was singing your praises. We're doing it right that, now. Yeah. And, and so I'm going to let Iggy, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you love about Michael and Susie, and then we're going to get into the, have them introduce themselves to our audience. I love it. I never get to do this. I, I think Michael and Susie are putting themselves out there, allowing me to say something about them, but it's their energy. They, you come on, you can feel the love, you can feel the connection. And I think that that's what's most powerful about the two of you is that you're real people. You're real people. Even though you're in a totally different uh, time zone, six hours of what, right? Six hours? Where are you? Six hours? Where are you allowed to say? You're what? In England. So you're in England. Okay. Very good. Six hours away. And you'll see Susie sometimes up at ridiculous hours on, on past my bedtime. (laughs) <laughs> so that tells you how much energy that they have. And, and you can feel that connection. Matt, do you feel that connection? You feel it. I do. I feel, Listeners, I feel it Do you feel that connection? <laughs> yes, I do. Yes, I do. I feel yes. it all. And, so, that, and that's why, I, you know, I really love them as people. And, and that's what's special. And that's why you can connect with them. And that's why they probably have a huge, huge investor base. But we're not getting to that yet. <laughs> Don't worry about that. All let's right. get to let's get. To I want to let. We're going to let Michael, Susie, you guys, if if you could just introduce yourselves to our audience. Uh, assuming they did not listen to the Real Estate Invest Her Show to hear Susie uh, spilling her heart out in front of Liz and Andressa and all the lovely women that listen to the Real Estate Invest Her Show. Uh, let's start from ground zero here. Uh, tell us all about yourselves and and in general why you are amazing. That's why we are one. amazing. That's a tough one. <laughs> Everybody's amazing. Everybody's yeah. amazing, right? Tell us why you're amazing. Right? <laughs> Thanks for that. So yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll go in two directions. So Michael and I are currently living in Cambridge, England, and we are here because Michael's active duty Air Force and he's getting his PhD in biochemistry. And while we're over here, I am actually a program manager for a biotech company. So like our whole company works on DNA sequencing machines and unlocking the human genome. So that space in itself is super cool. But before we moved here, we were living in Colorado Springs and I had recently gotten my MBA at the University of Denver and Michael was teaching genetics and biology at the Air Force Academy. And then kind of to go, thanks, (laughs) to go a little bit fast forward, um, We, I guess, according to Matt, are amazing because we started our entire journey of real estate investing from overseas. So everything from like the, I guess, planted seed and our idea all the way to closing on our first property, everything has been overseas and we have yet to even unfortunately see the property yet. Well, you that's, see it virtually. It's the same thing. We yeah. do see it virtually. <laughs> well, that, that's that's interesting. So what, like, let's talk a bit about what the deal that you got. You guys got, bought a real estate deal. Uh, now you're talking my language, man. Um, you bought a real estate deal here in the US and you bought it without seeing the property, but obviously you're able to do the due diligence and obviously able to enroll investors or whatever. So um, into that. So tell us about the deal and then talk to us about the how, right? Like, what did you... Uh, I'd like to love to get to how how you made that happen from England, right? Um, Because a lot lot of the listeners could transpose this on how they could do a deal, maybe not buying something right in their backyard. It doesn't have to be in England per se, it could be, but they they could be elsewhere, not where the property is. So tell us about the deal itself, how you found it, 
Um, maybe what inspired you to get into real estate to begin with, you know, all the, tell us about all that. And then we can uh, take it forward from there. Yeah. So I can chat about what got us inspired and then Michael can go into the deal. But what got us inspired is when the first lockdown happened, we had no idea how long it was going to be. And everybody was just sent home from their work and said, if you have to go into work for your career, you need to stay home. And with that, Michael and I don't have a TV. So we had said to each other, what are we going to do for the next who knows how many days? And we started a mini book club. And one of the books that we read was Multiple Streams of Income by Robert Allen. Oh, yeah, it's back there. (laughs) And Michael got to the chapter on real estate investing. And he was like, skip all the other ones. Please go here. This is something that we have to do. And I said, okay. And when we found out that everything, you know, the whole entire world had gone virtual in regards to like meetups and conferences and all of the above, we knew that that was the greatest opportunity for us. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> Keep going. Keep so going. yeah, we can just capitalize on that. And so with that, like, you know, we actually didn't start in the whole multifamily space. Well, I say we did a false start in the single family space. And and what I mean by a false start is that um, we First, we're like, okay, something that's not as scary as multifamily is single family, right? Because you can do it yourself. You know, you can save up and you can pay, put the down payment down with your own money. And then if you screw it up, it's your own money. Um, and so <clears throat> what we did was build a long distance, long distance burying team. So like buy, re- rehab, rent, refinance, repeat. And we set up that team in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. And we started looking at deals, started unwriting deals. And then we had two doors under contract. And what the unthinkable happened and a inland hurricane came through. Something that you would never think of, like in the Midwest, right? I didn't know that. Um, I, didn't, I didn't know about that. Never heard of such a thing. No, yeah, did what we... category was it? So, uh, it's, it's like this weird... I don't even know what their, their so, official name is. So it's, it's like, like called a derecho. Derecho, yeah. But I don't yeah, know how if do you it spell has... that. I got to look this up. This is fascinating. Sorry. Yeah, tell us more about this. What's it called again? D e r e c h o. But so it's a hurricane with no water and just it's all just high winds. Huh. Yeah. And it does the swirly thing with the eye in the middle and the, you know, it's it's not like a tornado. It it does like what a hurricane does. I mean, it it like swirls around and wreaks havoc and tears things up and all that. Um, yeah. you know, either way, it causes a lot of havoc. And Cedar <laughs> yeah. Rapids, Iowa, uh, was now having problems, and you guys are looking to invest there, right? Yeah. And so, it, that hurricane, inland hurricane, like took out like sixty percent of the trees. People didn't have power for like weeks on ends. Oh my god! And our whole yeah, it was a it was a devastation for the for the city for sure. So needless to say, like the contractors there were not concerned with like rehabbing a real estate investment, right? They're more concerned with like rebuilding the city. And so we knew it was going to take a while for the devastation that occurred. Like it was going to take a while for the city kind of like rebuild. And so Susie and I were like, this is really unfortunate situation. However, like we have to make a decision. Like, are we going to wait until everything comes back online and then start investing? We're like, we don't want to wait. I'm not a person who likes to wait for things. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just my personality. It's like, if I'm... I have my mindset on it, like I, it has to get done. And yeah. so um, one of the conferences that Susie was mentioning, everything went virtual. One of the conferences was, was like a veterans REI conference. And in that veterans REI conference, they teach you about wholesaling, flipping, multifamily, self-storage, everything, right? All things real estate, all flavors. And so one of the breakout rooms that we actually were in was a breakout room with Whitney Sewell from Life Rich Capital. And, mm-hmm. and he said, he said to me, Michael, 
you don't have to start with single family. You can start with multifamily. I did it, right? So that just like blew me away. Uh, and But it, even him telling me directly, you don't have to do that. It planted a seed in the back of my mind. However, we still ended up going the single family route. And that's, but <laughs> with that, we had a false start. And so we took a step back and our five-year goal was to move into multifamily after starting single family and getting our feet wet. Um, after this hur- inland hurricane came through, those properties fell out of contract. Um, so that was our, our false start. We decided to pivot to our five-year goal, which was getting into multifamily. And we just dove straight into that. Great. I think, great. oh, go sorry. We should oh, you got to knock it out, David. No, 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 you, 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 you. I'm pointing to myself and then him. So in case you can't see that stuff, that's why you should watch us live. Watch right. it live. Right. And so one of the things that, that I find, my dad was a professor. And so, Michael, you being a professor, an ex-professor, or wh- mm-hmm. whatever your standpoint is, and the fact that you're a biochemist, I mean, I get it with Susie, with the biotech company. I mean, you're seeing the entrepreneurial spirit all around you, or at least the CEOs are in higher. But it's a it's a total change of mindset. I mean, you're getting, I, I have no idea how much you're getting paid, but it's, you, you have a nice lifestyle. So what really flipped the switch? Because I know the lockdown was really tough for you guys. And, and you guys are exercise enthusiasts and outdoor people like me, you know, I need to be outside. So I I could not imagine what you guys went through because our lockdown obviously was not really a lockdown (laughs) as I was down in Winston-Salem with Matt and and other things while you guys were truly locked down. (laughs) And so what, what, what was it? It, what, it couldn't have been just like that. Why, why, like, why, I guess that from Whitney Sewell, uh, you guys do well, right? And you, you have, but something flipped the switch to go to multifamily um, and to jump in. So let's talk about that why. And then like, so now what? Like you fall start and then decide to go to multifamily. Well, tell, us, tell us like the why and then the next steps. Yes. So the, the why and like, we were, as we we're reading all these books and things like that, like we were looking for additional streams of income for sure. Obviously, we were reading the multiple streams of income book. Um, but so we we're just trying to add additional, you know, cash flow. But the, the thing is, so when I am done here, I go back to the academy, continue teaching, and then I'll be done with my military career. I'll hit 20 years um, shortly thereafter, and then I can exit the military. A lot of people in the military, what they end up doing is they, re- they get out of the military and then they go in government service. Um, and then they do another 20 years. Well, I was thinking, reflecting on that, like, hey, I'm actually approaching retirement soon. Am I, is that something that is going to be interested to me? And I, I thought about it. I was like, absolutely not. This is not something for me. Like, I want to be able to travel the world and, and give mm. back as much as I can. And being locked down into another 20 year career with the government just is not very, um, appetizing for me, right? And my goals. And so, we looked at multifamily or real estate investing as a way out. Like, um, so when I retire, when I hit the 20 year mark, we can transition, I can transition fully to real estate. Susie's actually transitioning in August, which is really awesome to full time. Congrats. So, yeah. We can talk about that later, but <clears throat> our whole plan was we want to be able to travel and live anywhere we want and do whatever we want after I retire. And Susie can dive a little bit more into our specific why. Yeah. So our why 
it really is serving beyond our four walls. So with Michael Mm. being in education and me, I've previously been like a mentor and coach, like we don't want to be bound to a traditional nine to five and then have to serve others like before, after, and on the weekends. So like being able to create an impact in ourselves and in our family, you know, even with multifamily in itself, you impact so many more people because all the residents, you know, like we want to have community events. We want to have business plans where we're solely thinking about them because we want to be in a place where we've created a safe community and they no longer have to think of a basic need of shelter. But then they're also in a position where they're starting to be in thriving mode instead of surviving mode. But then like long-term, like going back to me saying education is important to us, we actually want to be able to travel where we want Mm. and build schools in these different communities because basic education solves so many poverty issues in itself. Like, and that would just be the dream because we still want to be in a space where we are educating and mentoring and helping. But we thought, how can we do this in a non-traditional classroom setting? And it was the, when the thought came, it was like, wow, this is a no brainer because then we truly are creating an impact beyond our four walls. Now you can see why I love them, right? (laughs) I already see it. You're going to get it. it. You're going to keep on getting it. You guys have a phenomenal why. I mean, the the mantra for my company is to transform lives through real estate. And so many people that I talk to have a why on getting into multifamily and real estate or whatever. And I could tell this wasn't yours. So that's why I was comfortable asking. But a lot of people that I ask, well, why do you want to get into multifamily? Well, I want to make money. You know, I I don't like my job. I want to quit my job or I want to make some. Listen, if you don't like your job, just quit your job. Go get another job because multifamily investing in itself is work. And it's also can be, uh, there, it, it can be a lot to do and it's certainly not easy some days, right? So it's, um, as, as we'll get to with you guys. So what, that, what I love about you guys is you guys want to serve others and you want to go beyond your four walls and you want to do things that the lifestyle of multifamily investing can deliver over time, right? And, and real estate investing in general gives you time back so that you can build schools and you got to put a lot of time in to get it up and running and a lot of time in sometimes to maintain it. Um, but it's not a nine to five thing. You, you don't really put it down uh, any, ever, but it, it's not one of these things that needs your time all the time to make you mm-hmm. checks. Love it. Love your why. So so then what, right? You guys drink the multifamily Kool-Aid, right? Yeah, you're in, you decide this is what you want. Um, you know, uh, that, that, uh, in, the inland hurricane hits Cedar Rapids, Iowa catches up from there, right? Take us from then in, from after the inland hurricane in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Wait, what uh, month was this? Was this in July too? It was, uh, yeah. End of July, beginning of August. So it was like, right. End of July, beginning of August of last wow. year. Mm. That must okay. have been a bad time of the year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So then what? So then how did you pick a market in the U S that you wanted to shop and where was the deal that you found? Yeah. So then I, we were posting, we knew we wanted to move pivot and multifamily after that. And so we started attending all the virtual networking events because, you know, um, multifamily, like the lifeblood of multifamily is networking, right? Uh, it's all about mm-hmm. who you know and how big your network is and, and deal flow and things like that. So we started attending all these networking events and one of them was actually Brian Briscoe's where we actually met uh, Iggy. So um, yeah. Oh, is that where I met you? I thought I met you at Jonas, but you're right. It was Brian Briscoe. We probably saw each other, both of them. Um, so I'm not sure which one we first met, but uh, yeah. Um, yeah, we see you all over the place. So it's, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> he gets around. 
so you start networking like crazy, going to a lot of events, meeting people. Big tip for people that want to get into any type of space. You got to meet people. You can't make these things happen by yourself. So you guys get out there, go to a lot of these online RIAs, which is what, what that's one of the blessings of COVID is, is that now the Arizona, the Phoenix, Arizona RIA is online. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was likely face-to-face a year and a half ago, right? Um, and so now you can go online if you want to invest in Phoenix and you live in Grand Rapids, Iowa, right? So where, what markets did you start targeting? And then where is that? You guys did do a deal. So where, where is that deal? And where were you starting to hover as your, as your targets? Yeah. So with that transition, Matt was like, we started posting a lot on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I'm getting to your, the answer here in a second. I promise. <laughs> so time. we started posting a lot. <laughs> on, keep on, talking. Keep yeah. talking. <laughs> Posting a lot on Facebook and stuff like that and making that transition, right? So we had to move from Michael, the Air Force officer, and Susie, the program manager, supply chain coordinator, to like real estate investor. So we started posting more about real estate, real estate, right? And so with that, when I started doing that, uh, one of my classmates from the Air Force Academy actually came out and said, hey, are you in real estate? Like, I'm full-time real estate now. I just left the Air Force. I'm interested in doing multifamily as well. Um and so we reached out, we, we reconnected. I've known him for like 16 years now um, since, since the academy time. And it was just, so somebody that we already knew, somebody that we liked and somebody that we trusted already. And he was in a market that was really interesting to us. He's in Oklahoma City. And so that's where we started looking because um, he could be our boots in the ground because we knew we needed two key members of our team being overseas. Because we can't just like hop in the car and drive to the asset or hop on a plane and fly over there um, quickly. We need to be able to completely trust the people we have on the ground. And so that was our boots on the ground partner, who's a member of the general partnership team now. Um, we also needed to make sure that we had a property manager that aligned with our values. So even though he is in Oklahoma City, um, we actually are investing in Tulsa. Tulsa is close enough for him to drive over. Mm-hmm. But we really chose Tulsa because of the property management company that was there. Um, we really fell in love with this one property management company because they just really align with everything that we are doing. Like when they're talking about making an impact on the residents, they don't, you know, NOI is obviously a target for them, but also, you know, net operating impact is also a target for them, right? So like they're Ooh, looking I at like that. Impact. Ooh, that is yeah, really NOI. <laughs> That's real NOI. That is real NOI. You this love is it. Fantastic. <clears throat> Sorry. Sorry. All right. So, so that you've got yourself a pair of boots on the ground. I was, I was uh, hoping that we would, that, that we would highlight that because that's super important to have somebody that even if you're not local to the asset, to have somebody that is local to the asset uh, that can go and be your legs as you need them to. So that's awesome. You found your, um, you know, a guy you trusted from the Air Force uh, and that boots on the ground. So you start shopping OKC. Um, they heard a lot of great things, you know, we're not, that's not a place that we're investing, but I, and not that, and not that, you know, we wouldn't, it's just, um, just not on our radar, uh, and, and that, but a lot of fearless investors that I know and respect, uh, are in Oklahoma city, um, in that. So, and it's just, yeah, and you got to focus. So you guys chose Oklahoma city as one of your focus points. Um, and, and that, so what, what started to come up once you drilled in and focused there deal wise? So again, with networking as well, like, um, just meeting and getting introductions to brokers that were in the area um, and then meeting other syndicators who are also in the area that we wanted to invest in. Mm-hmm. Um, with that, like we actually met an organic mentor of ours. Um, it was just an organic uh, networking call that we had. And 
I just started building a relationship with him back and forth, back and forth, like just emailing, chatting about the market, chatting about deals, chatting about brokers, things like that. And he already owned, he owns five assets in a specific market that we're interested in. And so he knew all the specific numbers, the underwriting and everything like that. Something that I was trying to learn, but he was able to help me accelerate that learning process. And so I asked him after a while, um, after trying to add value to him as well, like however I could, um, one of the things I'll just point out was like, he was trying to build an education platform on his website. And I was like, hey, I'm I'm in education. Um, I've built courses from the ground up, right? So like, I can help you with that. And so I shared a lot of information with him that way. And I was like, hey, would you mind like looking at from underwriting? And he knew that, you know, we were consistently showing up. I was always chatting with him mm. via email. And then he was like, hey, why don't we just like meet once a week now? Ooh. And I was like, that sounds awesome. And so we meet every Saturday morning and chat for like a couple hours and just hmm. chat about the market, looking at certain deals. And then we just started going, you know, full board at that point just underwriting as fast as we could, getting him to check, make sure that I was good. And I was learning along the way, underwriting. And and then we landed a deal. And actually having him on our team helped us land that deal because um, it was an asset that we were following for a while because the, the finances weren't just there yet, um, but they were trending in the right direction. So we wanted to follow that deal for a while. And it took a couple of months. And then it finally was stabilized. So stabilized to your audience's 90% occupied for at least 90 days. So it allows you to obtain long-term financing with low interest rates uh, from agency lenders, such as uh, Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac. So that's what we were targeting. And once that deal, once we saw it was trending towards being stabilized, we jumped on it. Of course, everybody else jumps on it at the same time because they see the same thing. A bunch of LOIs go in. However, because our mentor had done a couple of deals with the broker who's representing the deal, um, he was able to put in a good word for us and say, hey, these guys can close the deal, which really helped us and allowed us to win the LOI and then finally close on the deal. <laughs> these guys have been it. buying multifamily for years and they're very, they've are very they got lots of local teams, local to the asset. You probably forgot the part that you guys are living in England at the time and you, you, read, it, you read a book a couple of months ago about it and everything <laughs> like that. But hey, you got to start somewhere, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's awesome. But he was able to convince the broker. And a lot of times I, I hate, the, I hate the term fake it till you make it. Um, cause too many people are out there faking it that are not making it right. But sometimes you've got to just instill a little bit of faith in the decision makers that re- even with a track, with a smaller track record or whatever, they can put it together. You guys can still put the deal together. So he instilled that faith in you guys and you guys get the deal. So what is it? What was the deal? How many units and, uh, what are, what did it, what is it that you guys were buying here? And, and then tell us the, then you got to raise equity. You got to qualify for the loan. Like then you're off to the races, right? So what is it? And then how did we, how did we get it to closing from there? Yeah. So it's a 88 unit asset. Um, it's in Tulsa, Oklahoma. It's a B minus. Um, it was a eighties build. And, and, yeah. and, and B minus does not mean that it's a mediocre student. B minus means that it is a, you guys get that? Like it's not an A student. It's a B student. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Come on. Right. Come on. Is this thing on? Like like right. It. Yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, it, what that means is, is that is a, it is not a premiered new build, new construction asset. B assets can be a little bit older build. Um, they tend to cater to a little bit like, t- like the, the income level tends to change the older the asset gets and things like that. So um, in that, but still B assets still very solid. Uh, they, they, that vintage probably 1980s, you said. Mm-hmm. Right. 
Yeah. So you're, you're beyond lead-based paint years. You're beyond asbestos yeah. and lots of fun environmental hazards that me and Iggy deal with on our 1960s and 1970s assets. So nowhere near as much. As it makes much it more surprises. exciting. What's makes that? it more exciting. It's it makes fun. It it's surprise. Hey, let me paint. Hey, how are you? <laughs> right. Surprise. Like right. No, we try but, it. We eat it. Right. Well, he knows what it tastes like. He knows the flavor of lead-based paint. So he right. can so that, just, that's why it's I the craziest thing. Test it. I walk right. around and then I test we it. We make him taste test it. He'll just make <laughs> it off. Um, but anyway, so there's the asset, 88 units. Um, so now you've got to qualify for a loan and raise the equity. And you guys have raised how much equity up until this point? Ghosts. <laughs> oh, nice. That's even better. And how much equity did you have to raise? How much are we talking about? $1.75 million. Hey, how much is that, right? Yeah. <laughs> $1.7 million needs to get raised by you guys in how much time? I mean, technically like 30 days, right? Because- <laughs> Go! Go! Go raise it! Yeah. And what was the end? And for those that don't know, the typical uh, investment range for your, for this investment was how much? Like what, what's the minimum investment? So we actually- we actually did a $35,000 minimum just because oh. we wanted to entice more of our friends and family to invest with us at a lower uh, barrier of entry. And so it was a uh, 506B, which allows for non-accredited and accredited investors. 506B for buddy, for people that have a your pre-existing relationship with and, and off you go. We found that when we've lowered the minimum for our investments, people just invest at the minimum. So if you make it 25,000, that's what it's going to be. You make it 50,000, that's what it's going to be. So you probably had a lot of $35,000 investments, yeah. right? Yeah, uh, it's, it's it's like that psychological thing. Well, I guess I'll try you out and test you and see what you can do. So I'll give you <laughs> Right, okay. Um, so set $1.7 million in 30 days. Um, tell us all about that. Susie, let me hear from you. How did that, how did that process go? Um, and that, and but did you guys have a plan? Don't take this the wrong way, but did you guys have a plan going into the equity raise or was it like a, we'll figure it out? Cause a lot of times things work really well on a plan called we'll figure it out. Right. <laughs> no. Um, so yeah. we somewhat had a plan and what it was, was because we had been attending so many meetups and so many conferences, yep. like what we kept hearing is that you needed to start raising equity yesterday. So we were like, oh, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll do that then. So we went into jetpack mode. We literally were having 20 to 25 investor calls a week before we... Before you had a deal. Yeah. So we started in August. We did it in August, in September, in October, in November. We kept going because we didn't want to be limited by the amount of capital we had. We wanted to be limited by the you know, properties that were for sale. And mm-hmm. so we, what we heard in a conference that about 10% of your list will invest with you. And so mm-hmm. we just did oh. the math and we were like, okay, this is how many people how many people we think we need on our list. And so we just made sure that we kept having those conversations. And so when it came to the raise, we were confident that we could raise an amount because we had been talking to people, because we had been consistent at the meetups, because we had been putting out content, because we knew from over here, we needed way more than the typical amount of touch points, right? Like, yes, we stand out because we're in the UK, but we're not in the back of people's minds by any means. And so like block content- <laughs> we are now. Let's, let's right. bring that back a little bit. You, and I'll tell you what it is. 
And 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 I see it again right now. One, you're fun. Two, you're real. <laughs> Three, you're a couple that are both into it, oh, yeah. and you're showing up. The two of you together. If one's not there, it's like the other one just walks right in. And I think that that was a touch. I mean, and I get the emails. They're wonderful. I mean, and okay. and they're not. And the other thing is, they're not trying to just sell. Like when they had me on the call, they're trying to connect. And I think that that was the magic point. Other people that reach out to me, they are trying to sell me. I'm like, don't sell me, connect with me. You connect with me, this is a good shot. Yes, yeah, so no, keep going, sorry. No, you're totally fine. And just to That's go a off good of that. Tactic. Yeah, just be real with people uh, in that. So you guys are out there uh, calling a lot of these folks. Go ahead, Susie, what do you want to say? Uh, I was going to say on the calls, we actually would ask, why are you investing in real estate? Because we wanted to get to those deeper, much deeper conversations, right? Like people tell you like about their family needs and what they want for their future generation and how they want to help their parents, you know, because one, we want to know, but two, then there is no way that we need to convince them to invest in real estate, right? Like they are talking their plan out loud and we are just like giving them a guide to help them get there. That is all that it was. I mean, like at some points there were some calls where when the person started crying, I started crying. I was like, this is so much, you know, cause they got so deep and so real. It was like those you know were you're the- doing something. If you're doing an investor call and you get your investor to start crying, I want to invest so badly. Is that the person that gave you the $1.7 million? You're certainly not talking about like, oh, this is why they want to, like, because they want to invest in your deal so badly. It's because you're talking about what means, what, what, uh, things mean to them and what's important to them, right? And and perhaps talking about their kids' futures and yes. uh, talking about their financial future, maybe talking about retirement, all those things. I mean, these are all real matters. And as capital raisers, if you don't understand these things, then it's very hard to relate to people and also to present the deal in a manner that's going to make sense to them, you know? So that's awesome. Yeah. And I mean, even you always hear too, like, invest with the sponsor, not in the deal, you know, like, yes, you need to look at the numbers, but I would never invest with somebody if I had no idea who they were, because the numbers could be amazing. And if you Mm -hmm. don't know that the sponsor is horrible, then everything goes south, very far south. Um, So, okay. Uh, So now you've called all these folks, you've called uh, everybody going in uh, to this deal. So you, you had what you would call like a sandbag. You know, you guys had sandbagged all this money from all these investors, um, which is brilliant to kind of like act like you're act like you're going to have a deal really soon and then have a deal. And all of a sudden it's, you know, you've got all these folks lined up and then uh, then they're ready to jump in and you have this opportunity. So the 1.7, did that go fairly easily once you had, once you had this backlog of investors that wanted to work with you? That is a fantastic question. So <laughs> it did not. <laughs> so there's more. People there's- started crying on the phone with you. What yeah, about they're that? giving you? Hold all- on, hold on. So <laughs> there was a group of three of us investing capital, and this is just something for everyone to take home, I guess. So when we had our webinar on a Thursday night, so like the first. Right after the webinar, we had a million dollars raised and it was phenomenal. But then Friday comes and Saturday comes and Sunday comes and I have yet to sleep and everybody, all the investors are sleeping. It's like, whoa, 
what is going on? So like yeah. one thing is like everybody's going into family time. So definitely don't ever have, well, for us, we're never going to have a webinar on a Thursday again, but it's also our most important thing, but it is not the investor's most important thing. But what we got out of that was that when we did a huddle with the team on Sunday, we were like, okay, like, let's talk about your investors. How are they going? What's going on? Because we all had committed to an amount that we thought that we could raise. And that's why we were going after the deals that we were going on. And just one of our partners said, I can only bring three. And we're like, okay, 300,000. That's totally fine. They're like, no, three people. I'm like, whoa, uh, whoa, uh, whoa, uh, what? You know, like, Ah, my dreams like, are What's that minimum what again? You know, like, can we raise that minimum to a hundred thousand? Well, maybe they so. meant three people at a hundred thousand. <clears throat> I'm losing yeah. my voice. Yeah. You're choking right. on your words. Cause you know, they're yeah. not true, but, uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> but okay. so it was, that was scary. Right. But just for everyone listening, like when you're in a situation like that, just ask deeper questions. Why do you think you can invest that amount? How often are you talking to your investors? Are you sending them surveys to know what their soft commits are? What did you tell your investors, right? Because that's a great thing too. Like if you say like, oh, I have a bunch of real estate contacts. Well, are they real estate contacts because they were private lending? Were they wholesaling? Like what time periods are they used to, right? Because Yes, I can say I'm in real estate investing, but that does not mean I'm going to invest in every type of commercial real estate asset class, you know? And so just digging deeper, but you should dig deeper in the whole entire journey because that's when you get the best answers and the ones that are the most honest. And with that, like talking about money is hard, whether it's yours or somebody else's, but like you have to do it because syndication is raising money. That's awesome. That's, that's I can't well, talk. I lost my voice, so I can't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, drink some more of, your, more of your witch's brew over there that you're drinking <laughs> for your health, health stuff. I, I, I got you. Um, and it's it's a major part, and I'm not going to, I don't dispute that. It's a major part of syndications. Um, but then it's also like, you know, managing, the, finding the right, finding great, for me, I think syndication is four things. Finding great opportunities, uh, creating business plans from those great opportunities, then huge raising money for the opportunity. And then what do you got? All you have uh, aside from that is potential, right? Uh, yeah. Then all you have is possibility. Then you have to manage that great deal uh, to the promised land, right? Um, in that, so that it's, but yeah, raising money is an enormous, enormous part of it because without investor capital, um, you know, we would have to write these, you know, we'd have to be the only one investing in the deal without people that believe in us that want to put their equity to work. Uh, these deals wouldn't happen. So, so take us back. You've got one of your cap, your cat, your folks that are raising capital. Uh, they've got three people, uh, and you have a million and it's now the weekend's over. Right. So now what? Oh, it was like power mode and meditation mode, right? Because mm -hmm. you have to stay calm. You can never seem desperate, but it's like, okay, take a step back. Like the people who said they were interested, like, let's have a call with them and talk through the deal, you know, like as in, because we were sending out emails beforehand. So like if they clicked the button and said they were interested, we reached out to them. We also then reached out to contacts who had said that they were interested in real estate, but it didn't go further because we were like, hey, like we do have this great deal. And I know that you talked about this with us and we can help you get there, you know, and mm -hmm. it was a lot of that. So, I mean, it definitely took a lot more effort, but that effort was well worth it because then we could close. Yes. We raised the money. I mean, it probably took an extra like week and a half of mm -hmm. 
a lot of stress, but it worked just you because sleep the entire time. Yeah. I mean, cause you still have to like, <laughs> it's almost from starting from day one again, right? Because you have to have the conversation again. You have to go over the deal again. It's almost like just having another 50 mini webinars, which the point is to just have one. So, <laughs> so when you say an extra week and a half, you meant in two and a half, like you had the webinar and then you got it you raised the capital in two and a half weeks or it took an extra week and a half after closing? Um, no, it took like about two weeks total. Yeah, from when we had the webinar. That's really good. Yeah, really good. Well, it felt really horrible. Yeah, <laughs> and and, I, and really that, can, that can be a tough two weeks. I, I, I've been there, right? So uh, especially when you had expectations. I, what I hear is that like, you guys read a million on the first, like after the like webinar one, first day and you're like, webinar, you're like a million that's great. Where's that champagne bottle again? Can I, can we, you know, right? You think you're almost there and then the momentum stops because a million is like, Hey, we're more than halfway to our goal. Mm -hmm. This is awesome. We made it. Well, it'll, it'll come in over the weekend. I'm sure you maybe had this conversation yeah, about like, Oh yeah, geez. It's a, you know, we're, we're, we're good to go. Let's, let's go ahead and let that and you're like, Oh wait, we're still at a million. Huh? We're still at a million now, huh? It's yeah. not, it didn't go to 1.1 like I thought it would. Right. Like um, I keep refreshing and there's nothing there. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Right, right, right. So, so through like hustle and digging deeper and, and having real conversations with investors, uh, would you say that's really what pushed it across the line and got you guys the full thing? Okay. Absolutely. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Cause I mean, even like our other partner, like he was on a ski trip, right? So like he had to almost stop skiing to like, again, have those conversations. And on his side, investors saw that like dedication as well. Like, to the deal and to the impact that we want to make. And so that also definitely helped. I'm sure it did. I'm sure it did. Um, that's awesome. That's awesome. So there we are. So now you guys pushed hard. You got it to closing, right? Any other, any other brief stories in there on this, on the deal as we, uh, twist we and turn and windy road it all the way up to closing here. Yeah, we have, we have another great story. It has to do with closing. Of course. Oh. Right. So, you know, that like fantastic Texas storm, <laughs> Yeah, we, all of our mail got stuck because of the storm, but also because the, Wait, and for those listening, I, I should just highlight, cause this happened like a couple of months ago. So we we're all real. But for those guys listening a little while later from now, this is when the entire state of Texas went down to like 20 degrees, lost all electricity. A lot of people lost water. Um, lost and lives. A young lost lives too. Um, but just the entire state of Texas pretty much froze over um for a couple of I mean, it was really only like a couple like three or four days, but it the, the ripple effect was weeks uh down beyond that, right? Mm -hmm. So okay, carry on with your story. Then it shut down the mail system in that yes. area, right? And wow. like the notaries were closed. So actually one of our partners had to drive to a mobile notary. So that mm. in itself was hilarious. Was hilarious. <laughs> yes. But like when we got the documents to sign and close, we only had one shipping label. So when it said the day that we we're supposed to close, when it said, oh, your documents have arrived, you know, they said, no, we have, you know, two documents. We're like, wait, what? Well, how do you only have two? Like, and then we found that out. But then the storms too, they were all stuck. Who knows if they ever actually made it. But so then we're going out again and trying to ship them a different way. Again, our other partner has to drive to a mobile notary to get his document signed. So that that was exciting because we get told this at like, two, yeah, well, I was going to say two or three Pacific 
And so we are at closing time for UPS. Like we are darting from UPS to UPS. And one finally was like, oh, the latest one that stays open is this many miles. And it was like, whoa, okay, well, we're going to have to go in hyperspeed mode. So that was fun. I mean, so like the whole, the whole Spent thing. a is lot of fun. time in hyperspeed mode on this. Uh, <laughs> you you guys have a lot of gears. <laughs> my, my hair is on fire. It all burned, it burned, it burned all off. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Michael had flowing long hair. He did it was like it was <laughs> right. Yeah, Michael's hair was as long as Susie's was, and now he has no hair, right? Um got it. So so now we're booking it to the FedEx place over there in the UK, right? UPS. UPS, right? Was it UPS? So at the time actually we were in the States for a family emergency. So we were in Georgia. But oh, okay. but we don't have to talk about that at all. But so yes, no. all the booking was happening in a small town in Georgia. Yeah. Oh, right. That's all happening in Georgia. Right. But you weren't in, you're also not in Oklahoma City, right? <laughs> you could have been state savvy. You weren't in OKC. OKC, so you might as well have been anywhere, right? So, mm-hmm. um, cool. Okay. So, so that, did you make it? Did that happen? Did you, yeah, were you able to get we the did. Okay. Out there And then we got to close and send out that lovely email that says, we closed. Yay. <laughs> I love that email. Right. Yeah. I always, for my company, we always send out the email and the headline is, congratulations, you own an apartment building. Um, because not many people get to say that not many people get to say they own an apartment building. So like, Hey, guess what? You own an apartment building. Here it is. Um, and that, so it's so awesome. So how's it going so far? Uh, now now managing an apartment building from the UK, any, any, uh, how, like now that we've closed, uh, where, how, how's it going now? So it's, it's going, you know, um, (laughs) we, I mean, luckily we've had some great mentors to kind of guide us through asset management. But at the same time, like our property management company, like I mentioned before, is just fantastic. Um, there are there were some issues um, with the property, but they've been able to uh, really take those issues and make them a minor detail. And like there's just we're already. I was just looking at the rent roll again this morning, so we we've already done let's see twenty two. Um, so we're adding washer and dryers in in the one bedrooms. So we're also. Right. We were able to add 22 already in, in just like three months, basically. Nice. Um, and and we have like, we've already rented out 12 units at Performer Rents. So we're really excited about that too. So, so it's working. Um, the plan is couple, working. Yeah, the plan right. is working. The, the, yeah, everything's working out. There are a couple like hanging chads, if you will, uh, that we're trying to get out of the, the apartment complex. And we have until the end of the month, I guess, is when the moratorium um, expires. Oh, jinxes, uh, Michael. Right. Yeah, no. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. At some point, that's but now all these people are coming in and saying, "Hang on, wait, I need to apply for federal funding." Like, where were you three months ago? You know, (laughs) now that you know that you're about to get kicked out, now we were trying to work with you the entire time. Yeah, and they're just yeah. As long as long as you can get that federal funding, I mean, they're happy to happy to stay. You know, and and that just as long as you pay for the space you're in, that's fine. That's all it takes, right? Ever for that federal funding to come in, like people are approved. We have several people that are approved for it. It's just taking a while to mail that check. You know, they mm. got to print it. They got to go make the paper. And then cut down it. the tree. Yeah, cut down print the tree. It. Yeah. 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 But yeah. even with that too, I don't think like a lot of people think about it multiple ways, right? Because everywhere we see like cancel rent, cancel rent. It's like, how are bills going to get paid? How are the residents going to get taken care of? Oh, All right. of the above. But even the residents who don't pay themselves, like they don't understand that they're indirectly affecting everyone else in the community as well because you can't like 
the numbers that we have in place, you know, for CapEx, yes, we have reserves and everything, but like we promised a better life for our investors and we need to return that. Like we promised that we would do this within the community and we need to do that. So when those residents just stay behind, they, it's just not like a full picture. Right. And I just, I'm not saying more people need to see it that way. There's just so much more to it and it blows my mind all the time, all the time. I, and mine too, uh, because I had a shop shot YouTube videos on this, that something like between five to 10% of rent that gets paid actually goes to the landlord. If the landlord's lucky, maybe, um, a lot, and sometimes a lot less than that. Right. Um, the majority of rent goes obviously towards debt, but it also goes towards, um, uh, real estate taxes, you know, which goes towards paying for our schools and our roads and our public services and our police and, uh, and fire and, and firemen and things like that. Um, real estate taxes make our communities function and work, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, aside from that, they pay the, the the salaries for the staff that run that property. The person that's out cleaning the common areas up and things like that is paid for by rent, right? Um, so rent covers a lot of the overhead that it takes to make communities, right? Um, and just people think that all landlords are absolute fat cats and and that, that are just sitting around smoking cigars and lighting them with a hundred dollar bills. Um, and that's not the case. It's not the case for 99.99999% of landlords, you know, landlords are working folks like us that are just trying to make it all happen and trying to achieve their goals too. Um, in that. So, Hey, I would say, don't get me started, but Hey, I'm already started. So, um, (laughs) but I appreciate your thoughts on that. Um, so awesome. So now what's next? So you got a deal closed. Great story. You did it from thousands and thousands of miles away, miles away across the Atlantic for most of it. Uh, what's next for Michael and Susie? Oh, that's a great question. So we actually have a hundred unit under contract. Right ah, now. <laughs> yeah. We're not stopping. Is that in Oklahoma City also, or in a different market? It's in Tulsa. Tulsa. Um, yeah. Okay. So yeah, it's um, it'll be closing at the end of June. Okay. Congratulations. Capital Congratulations. Race. Congratulations. Oh yeah, the capital oh, race yeah. was great. Twenty four hours, and we were done. Oh wow. <laughs> Right. Fool me once, that whole thing, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Really right. Did. We, yeah. we asked Figured a lot of out. deep questions. <laughs> right. I hope you asked a lot more deeper ones this time, right? Yeah. Um, make sure your capital raiser can bring a lot more than three people to the yeah. to the webinar, right? Yeah. Um well I well great. Congrats, guys. I look forward to tracking to hearing how for how much further you guys are doing. Uh, what, what, what's next for you guys? Uh, we look forward to tracking that. Uh, Dr. Iggy, final thoughts before we jump into the final well, exam, I brother? Wanna, I just want to hear, and it's not regarding real estate because we all love real estate. That's okay. Is, I know. Is What was it like? Because how many lockdowns officially were there there? Like a, a million, but three? Three. three. Yeah, we're getting yeah, three. out of our third one right now. So when you had that freedom uh, of escape, what was that like? when you finally got out and you were able to exercise outside and get fresh air? Yeah, that's a great question. So I actually had a whole mindset shift on thinking about how the world and earth and the flowers and the trees are actually all a miracle and how Mm. people like don't, when people say like, oh, stop to smell the roses. No, like literally just stop and put on your wide lens because All of it is phenomenal. And what it does, you know, it creates beauty. It creates, well, number one, oxygen, you know, in itself. But like, I'm amazed about what I was missing. And now I am so much more grateful, so much more grateful for the things that are just right in my front yard. Like 
I will never take a view for granted. I will never take a sunrise for granted just because we don't realize how many of them we're missing, but we're missing so many of those little miracles every single day. So like now, right? Even when we were walking, we did a 25 mile hike a week ago and it was cool to see all the slugs. I was like, look at these, you know, we haven't seen them in forever and they're everywhere. But then you think about it too. I'm like, I wonder how long it even takes them to get across the path. Like, what is their life in their perspective? Like, right. Let me sit here and watch. Let me sit here and watch and I'll tell you, I got a stopwatch. We'll time them. Yeah. Yeah. So it was just cool. Like starting to notice all of the beauty that's outside. Cause yeah, when you're inside your house, you, you, when you start to look out the window and see everything that's there, like you really start to look and notice and take it all in and appreciate it all. Mm-hmm. Well, it's something we didn't go through that in America and in the U.S., meaning like there was like quarantine and stuff like that, but people were still going outside here. Yeah. I, I don't remember there was there, there being a time where you were forbidden to go outdoors. Um, and that, well, so I wasn't got, supposed to bike. They, they told me they, when I was outside biking, they were like, seriously, they were like, you really should have a mask on. And I was like, OK, I'm not doing that. Yeah. Yeah. But that, my wife would me. run on our towpath outdoors yeah. with a mask on yeah. and all that. And like, I don't know. Um, like she, she looks like she's robbing a bank. She's like a bandit, like a, right. like a bandana thing, you know, <laughs> like she looks like an outlaw, like, like, like Doc <laughs> holiday, you know? Um, so, uh, it's, that it's, it's interesting that that's, that, 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 that was there. Um, and how did you just logistic, how did you guys get groceries and how did you, uh, get your essentials taken care of? If you, if in, in the UK, you weren't allowed to leave your living space. So we were able to like go outside once a day to like get groceries oh. or, or to go to the pharmacy. But we we tried like ordering stuff online, but everything was booked because it like immediately immediately. And so like we we had to go to the grocery store, which mm-hmm. was fine. Um, it got us some fresh air at least. But and, even yeah. then, they only wanted one person from a household, so which that... was a pain, right? So like yeah. we walked to the grocery store because we carry all our groceries home because there's no point of driving a car when there's no parking, and you know, <laughs> yeah. so. Anyway, so yeah, walking there and then I have to wait outside or Susie waits outside until she brings all the groceries out and like you have to pay for a cart and stuff like that. I don't know. It's just a, a pain. So it seems yeah. it. I would have went to the furthest one. I would have just kept walking. <laughs> That's funny. So a lot of people that we talked to had said that. But the thing is, too, is they started. So driving wise is something that Michael and I didn't do. But the people who did drive a little bit further the police right. were checking license plates. And if no you way. showed up that you were in a different village, then you would get a ticket. Yeah. How much oh. was a ticket? Might be worth it. Oh, that's, that yeah. I'm not sure. Right. Doesn't matter. <laughs> they follow the rules, Iggy. I don't know. It doesn't matter, man. <laughs> they, they don't know. Too. They don't know. Right. I probably would know how much the ticket was, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. I got three of them this week. We would have been together doing it. Right. How much is the ticket for leaving your house more than once? I don't know. I'll tell you. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was definitely a challenge because I have that, yeah. you know, that American like rebellious, like, yes. it's like government I get it. blood in me, you know, because like, that's why we rebelled against the Brits in the, in the beginning. So it was a very, <laughs> very tell them uh, that. Why don't you tell them that while you're over there? Right. Why don't you talk? Well, I'm leaving my, because I'm a rebel and this is what made us an awesome country to begin with is when we parted ways from you guys, just so you know. Yeah, I'm not listening to you. I'm sure they're not bitter at all. Right. <laughs> I'm exempt. Thanks. Give me liberty or give me death. Right. right. See, how, see how those American revolutionary lines go for them over there, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. 
Well, that's awesome. Uh, and all joking aside, it's been great. And I'm glad you guys are healthy and safe over there. And I, hopefully we're all on the back end of this yeah. uh, COVID, COVID uh, mess and all this craziness going on. So hopefully we'll, we'll uh, you guys will be out there and enjoying a lot more slugs and uh, no lines <laughs> at the grocery store very soon, you know? So, um, so we're going to bring you guys in to the next phase of the show, which is called the final exam. My favorite. The oh, final exam oh, works oh, like this. We're, was that he's probably good at this i mean he's a professor <laughs> yeah oh yeah. So, yeah yeah and and susie's got some biotech uh background here too so uh yeah so uh, you guys are fairly smart you know you guys got this right uh we're gonna fire off a few speed round questions to you guys just answer them as as you're uh, you know just answer them honestly and and maybe you both can uh offer your thoughts on both on both of them that would be great yeah. Um, I will go first this time, Dr. Iggy. Are you prepared, Dr. Iggy, for the final really, exam as well? Let's do it. All right. Uh, what book or film changed your life? The Slight Edge. Jeff Olson. Oh, this is the what? The Slight Edge. The Slight Edge. Uh-huh. Yeah, I like I'll give that. it to you. Tell us, tell us, give us like a 20 second synopsis of the book. Yeah. So first book that we read for our mini book club, and it's pretty much like being 1% better every day and how that compounding effect will create immeasurable impacts in your life. I love that. Mm-hmm. Right? Okay. Dr. Iggy, I will take you up on that offer for a copy know, of that back book. here in all two books that I have. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have a million books like they have. So, all two books. I'll find it for you. Now I'll preface this next question and I'll, I'll just ask you, Dr. Iggy, you can take the you, you, you preface whatever you want. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'll preface whatever that means. Preface. Um, I'll preface. I'm not sure if I can spell preface, but I'll preface. It. Preface. Um, so, right. I'm not sure if me pronouncing it right, but um, what uh, I, this is about healthy habits. We interview a lot of medical professionals and you guys are both super healthy people, outdoors folks, everything like that. So this is about just healthy habits. And what healthy habit do you wish more people had? We say sometimes your patients, so you guys don't have patients themselves, but what healthy habit do you wish more people in the world that you interact with uh, carried out on a regular basis? I wish more people ate leafy greens every day. Ooh. Oh, oh. What's your choice of leafy greens? What do, what do you like? Spinach. Yeah. Spinach. Raw, raw or cooked? Raw. Raw spinach. For breakfast. If we, I literally eat a salad for breakfast every day. You got to get everything moving and grooving in the morning. Really? That's right. And you don't, do you smoothie that or are you just like salad for breakfast? Salad for breakfast, but we also do have a smoothie. <laughs> there you go. Now, there do you go. go you go shopping? I here's here's a question i i need some uh help with when i was in england and the berries i couldn't tell you know here it's organic non-organic and all that other stuff or conventional like they like to say at whole foods so it sounds a little bit better when they spray it all down (laughs) what's the deal in england there is no nomenclature on the uh any vegetables you would have standards like there's not a standard on it i wouldn't think right i mean no, so how do you is know? There a higher standard and they don't allow any uh, pesticides whatsoever i'd be willing to bet that's yeah, what it is. Bet. yeah exactly so eating the apples here and then going back to when we back, went back to the states in february like eating the apples there where i was like oh wow this is the same like uh uh breed of apple but it tastes completely different it tastes very chemically in the states and i was just blown away by that so hmm. Well, and even another thing with the food is that the U.S. allows, I think, like 13,000 additives to our food. And over in the U.K. slash the EU, I'm pretty sure the number is like 1,300. So it's a pretty big difference on even what the food tastes like. A lot of things 
a lot of things take to, taste different and the size is different, right? So like an apple is like a half the size of my fist and in the US, it's like the size of my head. I'm like, what is happening? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Bigger is better in America. That's how we roll with our apples. Our apples will kick your UK apples ass. I just love being in England because I could drive on the other side of the road. And and I found it fascinating. You could do that every here. time because you really you have to think when you're you driving. Just so you know. What's that? You could do that here if you wanted to. I, I've tried. <laughs> it doesn't go so well. Uh, no, Michael, did you want to no. chip in on any other healthy Sorry. habit, uh, folks? Or would you would you want to be a good hubby and agree with your wife on that one? Yeah, I agree with that. People <laughs> <laughs> would exercise at least, you know, to get blood flowing like once yes. a day, you know? Whether Green leafies and exercise. I love push it. Push-ups or just some squats or something like that before you before you eat, you know, like work, work for your food. My legs, I've been sitting. Are you guys standing or you're standing, are you? We're standing. Yeah, I'd like I'm to sitting. stand too. I'm standing, <laughs> but I'm sitting. Dr. Riggy, take the next final exam question. What were, we're, oh, we're, I can't, I'm like slurring. I'm like you last week. You remember? I, I kept saying, I kept getting wealth and health mixed up. I kept saying them yeah. backward. Yeah. What's one wealth tip? Same blah 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 blah. You wish you had learned earlier in life. What what is one wealth tip you wish you had learned earlier in life? So I wish that I would have learned that everybody has bills, but find the asset that pays for your bills instead mm. of you paying for them. Ooh. Booyah! Drown mm-hmm. the oh mic. God. Hear that? I whew, that was a little loud. Sorry, everyone. Okay. <laughs> no, that because that's really powerful. I wish yes. I learned that too. I was working to buy stuff. And that's the worst thing you can do mm-hmm. because then you just need more and more stuff. And I'm like, what the hell am I doing with all this stuff? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Good question. So, all right, go for it. What's one thing you do for fun? So Susie and I, because we love the outdoors, anything that ends in ING and is outdoors, <laughs> that's what we're doing. So hiking, biking, walking, climbing, swimming, uh, diving, diving. Yeah, swimming, snorkeling, jumping off of things, right? Jumping, yeah. free falling, free I like falling. That. <laughs> right. You guys do that tandem. Reading, well, you're in the military, slugging, watching slugs. Things, right? uh, what? That's just gonna stick. Slugging, the, the two people watch slugs. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's gonna be the name of the show. Watching Slug slugs it. in real estate. Right. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Slug that, wealth, like you watch. We slugs. wouldn't do that. We wouldn't name the episode that. That's really cool. But it is interesting. exciting. Yeah, that is. Slugs are exciting. Did you asked the last question. No, no I did. Your turn. I did West what they do for fun, which was watching oh, slugs was the answer. Right, now, what's, right. your, uh, oh what's, what's your uh, what's your question? Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is a good one for you guys. And I'm excited to watch this one. Ooh. Okay. Where do you guys see yourself in five years? Oh, I'm sure it's on your vision board behind you, but but you can just explain <laughs> it to us. No, yeah, that's a that's a phenomenal one. So in five years we will be almost like a year and a half-ish away from Michael retiring. So actually the vision board has the places that we want to go and the routes that we want to take. And in that five-year five year mark, we're going to start to actually put that plan in place because we will be so much closer to saying, this is where we want to be. This is what we need to get rid of. This is what we need to have in place in order to get there. Mm. Awesome. Awesome. You, you will be doing the victory lap. Um, that's awesome. Uh, both of you guys want to hear your answer on this one. When you were a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? Oh, I know. So I remember it cause I, I drew it down and that's why I think it's phenomenal. 
So the exact word verbiage was baby catcher. So wait, what is it? Baby uh, catcher. A baby catcher. Yeah. Like I, I literally it. told my parents I want to bring the person who brings the babies into the world. Like Okay. Yeah. Right. That's, Get that's, a catcher's mitt. Right. Is that right. a what are we talking about here? You know, so when I was that young, I don't even know if I knew. I just know the picture is me with my arms out and baby like falling falling out of the mama (laughs) catch the mama catch the baby from wherever they fell out of right yeah babies i got it yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah. right you're gonna be an obgyn you're going to medical school medical school i'm really starting my words hey uh, (laughs) yeah michael what'd you want to be when you grew up so i wanted to be a pilot oh So did I. I grew up watching Top Gun almost every day with my dad. Um, And he won. And one of one of my life regrets was that I didn't try a little bit harder to get into the Naval Academy or the Air Force Academy, um, and and follow your footsteps and do what you did um, in that. But uh, you know, you gotta gotta go through some hurdles to get into the academies, you know. Uh, And I just decided I was a lazy lazy sixteen year old, seventeen year old, decided not to do that. So um didn't do it but that is something that i wanted to do was to fly jets and all that now do you fly airplanes for are you a qualified pilot unfortunately i had like this weird like genetic disorder in my right eye Mm. and so it disqualified me from actually getting a pilot slot which is unfortunate but the fortunate part of the silver lining was that it made me go into biology and i love that and and you found a passion um, yeah Yeah. you never know where the twists and turns of life are going to take you do you you know um so, uh, okay, Iggy, uh, lad, Iggy, well, bring soon, it home. Soon you'll be able to buy your own plane, and then you can exactly. fly it at any time. Nice. Pay somebody else. Oh, I'm close to getting my right. private, private pilot's license. I just got to finish it up. So, oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. See, everyone wants to be a pilot, right? Everybody, I, I do. It's on my bucket list, right? <laughs> I don't know if I do. I, yeah. I mean, I think I'd be a, a motorcycle. You know, that that would push me over. <laughs> I I'd like a motorcycle. That would be good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, my wife would not like a motorcycle. I know. Yeah, yeah I know. Motorcycle. Maybe a motorcycle yeah. with a little parachute or a little bubble <laughs> protect me when I slide. Right. <laughs> yeah, a motorcycle in like in like a bubble would be okay, you know. Um, Dr. Iggy, take it home. Last question for the final exam. Oh, we're still there. Oh man, this yeah, is good stuff. We tend to we tend to lose track of the final exam sometimes. I should number maybe they should be credit. numbered, but one bucket list item you guys wish you could do. For me, it's becoming a uh, dive master. Oh, I'm a rescue diver right now. So, like the next progression is the dive master. I just don't, I can't take six weeks off, six weeks off of the Air Force. Like the max you can take is like 30 days, but it takes like six to eight weeks to get your dive master certification. So, I am looking forward to getting that certification once I retire. Oh, so how long can? uh, What are you getting your breath holds up to? Or do you not free dive? I don't free dive just just with the tank and regulator and stuff. So, but, sorry, right. no, he's not Maybe a crazy person like, like you, Doctor Iggy, about doing the breath holds and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> Maybe sorry. when we move, this, they got water. technology now. You don't have to just hold your breath and dive down there like the guy from Castaway. <laughs> there's technology just to help you do these things. Sorry, right. Susie, we want to hear yours. I want to hear with Susie what your bucket what your bucket list thing that you haven't done yet is. Yeah, so. Michael and I have like a hashtag for our relationship. It's road to a hundred countries. And so actually I want to hike the highest peak in a hundred countries. Holy cow. I love that. That's like the most unique bucket list I've ever heard. How many have you done so far? Have you done, you know, 
together, I think we're at six. Yeah. That's a whole lifetime ahead. How, yep. What six countries? So Ireland, Denmark, mm-hmm. England, the U.S. Um, or Spain. Spain. Malta. Malta. There you go. What's the highest peak in the U.S.? Is that not Mount Washington? No? Um, Is it in Utah? Sorry. Yeah. Lincoln one right now. That's why Google will, Google can tell us, but whatever it is, y'all have been there. So. Or is it Washington? Oh, so we haven't hiked the Denali. tallest one Denali. in the U.S. Sorry, that those are the six countries we've been to together. Oh, uh, oh, 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 I'm sorry. Yeah, you're like, okay. why do you guys not remember the peak that? You yeah, I know. I'm kind of like these guys. <laughs> Just that's just how they roll. They just like make it. They're making the adventures rain. Uh, I was asking which how many peaks you guys have been to so far. Have you guys not hiked peaks the the peak the highest peaks in these countries yet? Is that a bucket list that's in front the one hundred percent in front of you guys so far? That's a hundred percent in front of us so far. So we do have a plan to do the first three, and that'll be England, Wales, and Scotland. And we're actually going to do them in twenty four hours. All three of them. Holy cow! Are they close to each other? (laughs) it'll take like the whole 24 hours yeah. are you going to use a helicopter to get from place to place no, they're probably right in a row right like they're 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 within like uh within driving distance of each other right well wales is like kind of like south if you are it's like south uh west you know on the western part of the island and they have to drive up to like the middle part and then up further even north into scotland yeah so it's like between one and two it's probably four to five hours and then from two to three it'll be like five to six hours that's the drive mm, okay so you're starting at the bottom and in hiking up yeah because yeah. then our plan is after that is to take a day off yeah drink some nice sleep whiskey in scotland <laughs> and then and then go to the uh, you know hit some links at the. Uh, the famous- I hope you guys have some fun after that, yeah. right? Yeah, nice. Yeah. Well, they um, may be having fun doing it. Mm-hmm. I, that no, is excitement. I, thank you, Doctor Iggy. Right? I know. Yes, yes, yes. Hiking is fun too. <laughs> yes. Well, that's been that. That's amazing, guys. Listen, I think that that we all need to uh, just keep an eye on uh, Michael and Susie here to see uh, about what's next for you guys, about all your your adventures, and about also all of your real estate activities. So it's been a pleasure having you guys on the show. For those that are listening that want to reach out to contact you guys or to hear how you're doing on those hikes or uh, to just reach out to you in general, just to, just to track you guys, how would they do so? Yeah, thanks for asking. So our website is adventurousrei.com. Mm-hmm. And if the listeners want to learn more about Impact, we launched a podcast called The Adventures of a Real Estate Investor. And Woo-hoo! thanks. Great and the, name. Thank you. And the people that we have on are talking about how they've created an impact in their life, in their community and beyond while leveraging real estate. Wow. Okay. It made a, I call it making money while you make a difference, right? That's right. That's Just great. to reiterate, so rei.com forward slash info. And that's wow. everything you need for us. Like all of our social links are there. That's great. Check it out, guys. Uh, follow uh, follow Michael and Susie here, guys. It's been such a pleasure having you on the show. And uh, we will have to have you back on soon to get an update. Absolutely. Matt and Iggy, it was so much fun. We really enjoyed the, the last hour we spent with you. Yeah, so, thank well, you. We enjoyed it. No, we enjoyed it. <laughs> no, I enjoyed it. Cool. Thanks for being, guys. <laughs> Boom. Bye. Clip. Okay, cool. That's my signal to the editor to stop. <laughs> to to like edit. To cl- okay. Great interview, guys. Thank you.
Um, I know it'd be fun. I, I was, I was uh, glad I followed your lead, Diggy, to just kind of come in blind and figure it out. I need to I start doing you. that. What's that? I told you. No, this was right. They're, like yeah. they're great people. That's the difference. Yeah, just good people. Um, well, everyone's guys, great. Everyone's great. You got. You're great. Yeah, we're all great. Uh, cool guys. I, this will probably launch in. Uh, I don't know. We don't know. <laughs> Like three or four weeks, I think. We're hiring a new editing team and it's a newer show. So we're not 100% sure what it'll launch, but we will send you an email when it does. Fair cool. enough? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Cool. Awesome. Thank you. Thank well, great you. Great to you guys. Yeah, it was great meeting yeah. you as well. Now you awesome. can compare stories with Liz about your interview. She crushes me. She's yeah. such a better really, interviewer really than I am. She's so new. She's I'm so new and just figuring it out. Me, me and Iggy are just kind of like muddling our way like through to have it. Her and Andressa, I, 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 her and Andressa are good interviewers, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, like yeah. Top it was notch. fun. Yeah, they were, we have fun too, though, right? Yeah. No, we did. Oh, yeah. there was no, no, but we we're nothing compared yeah, to what they did, but we had fun here. So. But there's no boys allowed on her show, Michael. So, right, nope. that we could well, have. Well, if you were to put on a wig, you know what? I'm going to put on a wig and see if I can sneak onto her show. We'll see. Good luck with that. I'm not telling <laughs> her I put you up to it, but I'll wear right. you the wig. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to do it. I'm going to get I like it. Let's see if we can get it done. Nice. <laughs> cool. Well, nice to meet you guys. You guys can go ahead and drop. We're going to record an intro and outro thing where we give a health tip and a wealth tip and then uh, cool. and that. So you guys go ahead can go ahead and drop and then we'll uh, record that and we'll get you guys a copy of the show when it's out. All right. Cool. That works. Thank cool. you. Awesome. Nice Thank to meet you. Bye. Yeah, Bye. That was an awesome interview, Dr. Iggy. What did you think? Absolutely amazing. Yeah. I, I am filled with energy. Are you energized? Are you energized? I am. I, I, well, I love hanging out with good people. And those were, and, and, uh, and, and Michael and Susie were great people. Um, and, and I've really enjoyed, I, I've, I'm so inspired. Uh, I was really inspired by their, uh, their, their final exam answers, including their bucket list of climbing 100 peaks in 100 countries in the U S or in the world. But I thought that was, uh, I thought that was phenomenal. I'm really inspired. I want to like go with them and like you and I could just film a, well, you and a I will do one peak. I think I'll one do one. Peak. I'll do Kilimanjaro with them. Okay, I'll do that too. Right. We can record a show while we're hiking Kilimanjaro. So listen to listen out for that, guys. What's that? They'll probably have reception by then. And so we can't... We can just record it. I would do like a little tape recorder. That's a good idea. It's okay. We don't have to go live. A little drone follow us. Right. There you go. I don't know. The air might be so thin that it might not be able to fly the drone. It's not that high. Watch me. I'm going to be the one with altitude sickness. I know. You're the one talking (laughs) trash about Kilimanjaro and you're going to be the one that will make it to the top, right? Yeah. Um, I'll I'll make it to the bathroom. I'll make it to the porta potty that they don't have. (laughs) Well, it's stay tuned. right. That's the the porta potty on Kilimanjaro is called that bush over there, <laughs> and you'll see a lot of that. Yeah, you will. Stay tuned for the Kilimanjaro episode of the Doctor Matt of the uh, the Healthy Wealthy Wise. Hey, when are we going? We're Nagy. going next month. Next, next month. Oh, I need some time to train, brother. Yeah. Um, Cool. Well, listen, guys, thank you. Check us out, mattniggy.com. And don't forget to give this podcast a five-star rating on your favorite podcast app and a, a kind review. We would love to have your support. Thanks for listening, guys. And we'll talk to you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise Guys show with Matt and Dr. Iggy. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you like what we do, please check us out at mattniggy.com. Thanks for listening again and have a great day.